0: Have heard about this book, but um, this is my. I think I bought it for a dollar fifty on Amazon in college because that's the only way I could afford to buy it. Um, if you haven't already gotten it, it's on Amazon. It's probably at every half price books that you could walk into. It is everywhere. Um, it's really cheap. It's really good. It's worth picking up a copy. Um, and so that's where a lot of this is coming from. That's where a lot of this um, language and way of talking about spiritual disciplines come from. Um, I. Yeah, like I said, me and Blaze read this in college during a study, and um, I think since then I've probably gone back to it at least 10 times for different Bible studies, different small groups, different finding curriculum and those things. There's something timeless about it. Um, So I'd encourage y'all to pick up, but um, we're going to be digging through um, some of the themes that he brings out. Um, And so before we get started, to answer the question, what are spiritual disciplines. We missions like prayer and reading scripture and sleep, right? um, I know that was a joke, but rest is a spiritual discipline, right? Um, and so really, um, and I'll, I'll go through this and we'll kind of go through some questions after that, but um, spiritual disciplines are just meant to be a means of receiving the Lord's grace. They're not exercises in self-improvement. They're not something to, to check off a list, right? They're not... Um, just simply something, a habit that we do, um, they're found in scripture and they're meant to promote, um, believers coming closer to God, right? And they're just a means of doing that. Um, some of them are personal, some of them are corporate, um, some are both. Um, and it's important to, it's important to point out that, um, that they are active, right? It's something that we do. It's not just an attitude. It's not just something that we study and because that's where we get stuck, right? We can talk you know, endlessly about something, but it really doesn't mean anything unless we act on it, right? And so, the spiritual disciplines help us put our faith into action. Okay, and hopefully, it becomes more than that, right? Hopefully, it becomes a way of being and a way of being more like Christ. But we do that through action. Um, and all of this, we we get in First Timothy four seven. It says, "Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness." right? And there's other um, sections of scripture that talk about this, but this is where it's all getting back to. How can we become more godly? How can we become more like Christ? Um, And part of all this is that they're biblical, right? They, we see people in scripture practicing them, and we also see scripture telling us to practice them. Um, It is fully wrapped up in the gospel. Um, And they, the these spiritual disciplines, they call us to move beyond the surface way of living, right? We, we talked a couple weeks ago about just being consumers of Christian content, right? Of, you know, we listen to our Christian radio, we listen to a sermon in the car, and then we've kind of checked off this um, spiritual box. Like, well, I, I engaged my spiritual self today. Um, it helps us move beyond that, okay? It helps us move into the depths. Um, and they're not for just priests they're not for you know spiritual giants they're not for monastics you don't have to be trained theologically to do them you don't have to you know they're not like exercises like jumping jacks okay you don't have to be anybody you know that has been trained in these things to do them. Um, all you have to do is read scripture um, and so we're just gonna talk through one in particular being celebration but really I'm so what I'm doing is I'm starting at the back of this book the last one is celebration. Okay, but they all um, they all feed into one another, and I think celebration feeds into all of them. Okay, um, and so when we're talking about them like this, and we'll we'll get through the logistics here, but there's different ways to group them. There's different ways to think about them. Foster divides them into three groups. Okay, so the the inward disciplines, the outward disciplines, and the corporate. And it doesn't really matter how you group them or those things. Yeah. I
1: mean, Yeah, 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 mm-hmm, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, no, that's good, it's a choice, right, it's an action, it's something that we have to, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, that's good, yeah. And so we'll, let me just give you a list of them real quick. And so meditation, prayer, fasting, and study. These are the things that Richard Foster calls the inward disciplines. And then this is man. I, I don't know if he's Baptist or not, but he came up with the four S's for the outward disciplines, but simplicity, solitude, submission, and service are the outward disciplines and then confession Worship, guidance, and celebration are the corporate disciplines, okay? And its it really doesn't – you don't have to get stuck on how you divide them up and how you organize them, okay? But um, these are also for us to be practicing. Um, and so would anyone – let's see. Let me go through here. Yeah, sure. So – and I can also give you this copy of this book because <laughs> it was <laughs> – 10 years old on Amazon, but, uh, meditation, prayer, fasting, and study being the inward simplicity, solitude, submission, and service being the outward confession, worship, guidance, and celebration being the corporate. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty. There's a lot of, um, you can dig in to one of these things forever. Yeah, it's about being still with the Lord. It's about, yeah, getting away and being with the Lord. Yeah, I'm, I'm bad at that, right? I like to be around people, and I like for there to be noise and all these things. Yeah, um, and I love that they all balance each other out, too. Um, and so we're, we're going, we all just described things that we, where we experience joy, Right, where we experience joy that it was so impactful that we remember it. Sometimes, maybe it was like 20 years later, we're remembering it. Right. Um, so think about that. But then when you think about God, the image of God that you get when you think about him, is joy a part of that image? Or is that image more like fear? Is it more um, awe, like you're in awe of the Lord? Is joy a part of that image of God that you think of when you think of him? It's an important question to ask because I I came across that and I realized I don't think that's part of my first image of God when I think about him. I don't think joy is the first thing that I think about. Um, and so we're going to dig into that a little bit tonight because God is a God that is full of joy, right? That is unmistakable unmistakable. And so we're going to dig into scripture. We're going to go through these things. Um, And it's important to remember that these disciplines, they're not, um, like I said, they're not supposed to be legalistic. They're not supposed to be binding. They're not supposed to be something that you're stuck to. Um, They're meant to bring about the fruit of the spirit in our lives. Um, They're meant to develop godly character. And when we do that, character brings balance, right? So when we're achieving that balance, when we're going through this process of sanctification, then anger and bitterness and resentment, hostility, these things don't have the room in our hearts that they used to have because now we're more and more filled with the fruit of the Spirit, right? So this balancing takes away those things and then inevitably there's gonna be joy. Inevitably when all of those things, when anger and hostility, when those leave because we're replacing them with the fruit of the Spirit, then there's no way that joy doesn't enter in, right? Um, and so it gives us a chance to celebrate. It gives us a chance to be joyful. It gives us a chance to lift up our heads finally and realize that the Lord is doing a good work, um, and so we're going to unpack that a little bit, um, and I love that he ends the book with celebration, and I think it's, it would work just as well to start it with celebration because without joy, without a sense of, of wonder and of celebration of the Lord permeating your your attempts, your your experiences with all the other disciplines. Without joy, um meditation is gonna get uh, right. Without without joy, then fasting gets really uh, right. Okay. There's without joy, none of these things are gonna take root. Right. Um and they just become drudgering, they become legalistic, they are celebrating upstairs too. Um, and there's Yeah, exactly. It is spooky season. So so joy is at the center of all of these things. Um, And if some of y'all were in session with me at FBCSA University over the summer, uh, we talked about Augustine, um, or Augustine, however you so choose to pronounce his name. But um, if you remember his story, he had a really rough life, right? So we're talking about Augustine, who's an ancient church father, one of the early fathers of the church, He had a really rough life. He caused harm. He caused hard things to happen. He also experienced hard things that he didn't ask for. Um, He went through it, right? And uh, but even he, in his autobiography, says a Christian should be an Alleluia from head to foot. Okay, so someone that walked through the amount of pain that he has can still say that. And I don't know. Now, I don't know about you. Would you describe most Christians as a hallelujah from head to foot or would you describe them as cranky or complaining about the color of the carpet or about church politics or government politics um, or about culture? I don't know if most Christians would be described that way, right? The <laughs> they, they just got lost somewhere halfway through the word. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. come on oh it's okay we'll we'll circle back we'll circle back to that (laughs) but I would say most of the people I meet are not just jumping with joy all the time right and that's not to say that they should have a cheap joy that they should be you know overly optimistic for no reason that's not what we're talking about and we'll get into that in a second but I think even most Christians that I meet would not be described that way um would you say that that's true of yourself? Would you say that you're a walking hallelujah? Or would you say that you get lost in the weeds sometimes? Um, when we're talking about Augustine says a Christian should be an hallelujah from head to foot, um, it's easy to say you are a complainer. You're not like that. But what about ourselves, right? Are we, are we filled with joy or are we filled with complaints? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I'm really joyful. Guys. <laughs> yeah, well, Brian's dour, so.
1: <laughs>
0: so when we get into this, celebration is the heart of the way of Christ, right? Jesus enters the world with a high note of jubilation. It says, I bring you good news of great joy, the first thing when Jesus enters the world, the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy. Um, when he exits, when he's departing his, from his disciples, he says that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full or that it may be complete. Um, those are some of the last things he says to the people that are closest to him, right? So his life in, his, his life begins and ends thinking about joy, um, and that's kind of profound if we think about it, because that's still, even when I think of the person of Christ, that's still not the first thing that I think of. Um, and we can't miss the fact that he that a life with Jesus is meant to be, at its heart, a life full of joy. Right? Um, and when we go through, if you go through this book, if you go through um, the disciplines, celebration brings joy, and joy causes us to be strong, right? We see in Nehemiah, The joy of the Lord is our strength, right? And that's not just a, I don't know, a Hallmark card greeting. That's not just something that we say, right? And if you go back into Nehemiah, right? If the joy of the Lord is our strength, then that really means something, right? That means celebration brings strength. That means that practicing all of these disciplines are going to bring strength.
1: Um,
0: We can't continue very long without joy. If there's not expectation for joy on the other side of something, then there's no point right? You know, when you were a kid and you were like, I'm really passionate and I'm going to learn how to play guitar and that lasted like a week, right? Or whatever that was for you. For me, that was guitar to my mother's dismay, right? Um, there's probably something that you tried and then realized that you didn't find much joy in it. And so it pretty quickly got tossed aside, right? We're not going to do something that unless we absolutely have to, that, that doesn't bring us joy um, because there's no point. Um, so if joy doesn't fill all of these things, then we're never going to move to the next step. We're never going to, we're never going to lean into the depths of what God is calling us to, if there's no joy. It isn't to say that, um, you can never feel depressed, that you can never feel angry, that you can never feel sad, um, or that those things are, are bad. I would even say that those feelings are holy, right? Those things are we're meant to be able to feel that way. And joy is not the opposite of those things. Joy is not, you know, if, if you're walking around joyful, you're not allowed to feel those things. That's not it at all, right? Um, joy partners with pain and sorrow and heartache. We talked about that this summer, right? If you were in the book study called The Gravity of Joy, um, this book is just going to keep coming back up. So we might as well have Angela Grell back sometime soon. But she, she writes about her experience with grief, she lost a lot of family members um, in a short amount of time. And then she had to lead um, the study at Yale on joy. And she was like, why? You know, I, there's nothing in me that feels joy. Um, she had walked through these really traumatic experiences. And, and she goes through to say, joy does not, it can coexist with grief. Joy can coexist with anger. Joy can coexist with um, anguish, right? And it's not just us pretending to be an optimist. Joy isn't just us trying to pump up the right emotions. Um, joy comes from embracing the life that God calls us to live. Um, so when we're at our most joyful, we're really at our most powerful, right? Because when we're at our most joyful, we realize the life that God has called us into, and we're, we're getting a glimpse of the goodness of God. And that is only going to bring strength. Um, and so, is that making sense? Um, and so, let's look at, into Scripture a little bit. We're going to unpack some of these things. Um, we read Psalm 150 earlier, um, and that's just calling us to this life of continuous praise, of continuous celebration with the Lord. Um, and then we get the first example of this in the very first book of Scripture, in Genesis, right? Um, we see God, He creates for the first six days and on the seventh day he rests and he does this to celebrate what he's done. And there's a translation, the voice translation of scripture. Um, and it's kind of in modern day language. Um, it's a good supplement to, to your normal Bible reading. It's, I'm going to read, uh, Genesis one thirty one through two, three says, then God surveyed everything he had made, savoring its beauty and appreciating its goodness. Evening gave way to morning. That was day six. So now you see the creator swept into being the spangled heavens, the earth and all their hosts in six days. And on the seventh day with the canvas of the cosmos completed, God paused from his labor and rested. Thus God blessed day seven and made it special an open time for pause and restoration, a sacred zone of Sabbath keeping because God rested from all the work he had done in creation that day. And so later on, um, we're seeing this, this example of Sabbath. And later on, God gives this instruction of keeping Sabbath to his people. Um, and it's important that we understand, and we can unpack this again at another time because Sabbath kind of is a whole discipline in itself. But Sabbath and celebration have a lot more to do with each other than we tend to express, right? We don't often think of Sabbath in terms of of celebration, but they actually really go hand in hand. Um, and there's a, um, a blog post that um, that a church member writes that says, the golden rule for the Sabbath is to cease from what is necessary and to embrace what gives life. We start embracing what gives life rather than what makes us productive. And I know Sunday, it's like, oh okay, you know, it's a day off. We go to church and we kind of have our Sunday routine. But I don't know if it's me leaning into what gives life as opposed to just trying to rest for the next morning. Um, In keeping the Sabbath, we're not just doing nothing, but the point is to rest. The point is to enjoy creation. The point is to enjoy each other, to enjoy Christ. And that sounds like celebration. That sounds like joy, right? It doesn't sound like it's legalistic. It sounds like it's a chance to lean into all of the goodness that God has. But we don't think of Sabbath that way. We think of it as we have to refrain. We have to put limits on ourselves. But the point of Sabbath is to rest and to enjoy what God has given us. Um, and over and over again, we see God, clearly no one got the point, right? We And it's easy for us to, you know, read about the Israelites and say, oh, you're so dumb. You know, you didn't get the point. God was speaking so clearly. And then if we think about it for more than two seconds, we're doing the exact same thing, right? And so um, in creation, God is saying, okay, I'm giving you an entire day once a week to stop and to rest and to celebrate all of the goodness that I've given you. And he's gonna he's going to do that again when he explains the Sabbath to his people. Um, and so there's Sabbath, and that's once a week, and we could go on forever about that, Um, but then we get, so we get this weekly mandate for celebration, and then in Leviticus 23, the Lord unpacks this huge range of of feasts and of festivals and of holidays, right, Um, and they consist of either a day or just a season of of celebrating God's provision for his people. So we get Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the First Fruits. Um, these are kind of in the first month of their Jewish calendar. And then we get the trump, the trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the Tabernacles. This is in kind of the seventh month. We get Pentecost. This is right in between those. Um, there's seven huge mandates for celebration throughout the year that the Lord is commanding his people to observe. <laughs> it's okay. Balloons are going to fall. They were haphazardly taped. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The pink one is kind of deflating over there. So that's kind of an oxymoron, but um, so these are the things that we, we get to celebrate once a week. And then the Lord says, no, no, no. It's more than that. Now you're going to take days or weeks at a time throughout the year to celebrate because all of these things are remembering specific things that the Lord has done for them. And I know we don't celebrate all of these things, right? Because we are not Jewish and all of those things, but the Lord has commanded his people to stop and to think about him. And that is naturally going to bring about celebration. Um, And then in Exodus 23 and Leviticus 25, we get the Sabbath year. Okay. So now this is building on itself, right? If you're noticing a pattern, so we get the seventh day of every week is meant for rest. Now we get all these things throughout the year that's meant for celebration and for rest. And now there's this the Sabbath year. So in Exodus 23 and then again in Leviticus 25 it says every seventh year you're not going to plant your crops, you're not going to do that. You're going to let the land rest and you're going to rest. All right. So now now we're building, right? Now we're looking outside of just one year. Now it's every seven years. You're gonna take a year off. Okay. But wait, there's more. Okay, so now now we're talking about in terms of years, right? So now we're building on each other. Um and now we're setting whole years aside. But then we get the Jubilee. Okay, the year of Jubilee. Would does anyone know what the Jubilee is that would be willing to describe it for us? The year of Jubilee, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and so um, every 50th year. Yeah, Laura, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, all the captives were released. Yeah. Yeah. Every 50th year, beginning on the Day of Atonement, there would be the Jubilee. And Alex, it would sound from a trumpet. They would announce it via trumpet. (laughs) You can model this for us if you want. <laughs> On the Day of Atonement, they would say, this is the year of Jubilee, right? Um, it provided a time of rest. It provided a time of celebration and release. It included, um, yeah, land being returned to original owners, the cancellation of all debts, um, freedom from su- servitude and all of these things. And that doesn't sound like a birthday party. Like normally, we're not switching back to who originally owned this property. This more in depth than a normal celebration, right? Um, why would the Lord ask that of His people? What are y'all's thoughts on the Year of Jubilee? It's a weird way to celebrate because the rich are saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I would like for you to pay me my debts back." Right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's kind of a way of equalizing things too, right? If you had become in dire need, okay, (laughs) right now I, now I can kind of have this reset to some extent. But yeah, absolutely. The tribes are super important. Yeah. Any other thoughts? I don't have like a specific answer that I'm looking for, but any other thoughts on why the Lord would ask His people to do this? It's a weird thing. We always kind of read about in Scripture and we're like, yeah, okay. And and we kind of skip past it um, because I know we don't practice it anymore. Um, But this was this divine way to be free exactly like Richard said, to be free from physical possessions. Um, it restructured social arrangements. Um, and the poor are celebrating, right? The poor are saying, Oh, thank God, it's the year of Jubilee. And and the rich are saying, Oh, thank God it's the year of Jubilee, because I trust God to provide anyway. Right. Um So the poor receive good news, the captors, the captives are released, um, the oppressed are liberated, and so of course there's going to be celebration. Of course there's going to be jubilee, right? And Jesus even began his public ministry by proclaiming a year of jubilee, right? In in Luke 4:18 through 19. He's proclaiming this time of jubilee. Laura, go ahead.
1: Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah, Scott.
0: It was, um, it was, he is the fulfillment of the Jubilee, right? Just like he is the fulfillment of Passover. Um, He's kind of entering in saying, I'm canceling all these debts. I'm, you know, bringing good news to the poor. Right. And there's, you know, he talks in code sometimes, but um it's kind of one of these things where he's coming in saying, you you don't even understand. You understand this physical jubilee where we're trading back what we've bought from each other. You don't even, it's not even the half of it. I'm the jubilee, right? I'm the fulfillment of all of these things. I said the captives free. Um, but yeah, Laura, that's a good point. Um, it's hard to get caught up in physical possessions when you know that there's a shelf life to it all. Yeah. Um, and so so now we're at every 50 years okay we've built up pretty steadily up to this point right so god is creating this rhythm of celebration that's meant to be lived out on a weekly yearly monthly um, multi-year basis right Um, he's giving this clear instruction to do it and none of these things absolutely none of these things could have happened if the people didn't believe that the Lord would provide, why on earth would you take an entire year off if you didn't trust God to provide you with enough food to get through that year, right? Why would you celebrate the Jubilee if you don't trust God um, to cover those debts that you were owed, right? Why would you, even the Sabbath, right? Why, why would you celebrate Sabbath? Why would you take a day off if you don't know if six days are gonna get you through seven, for food. Right? All of this comes back to trusting God and trusting that God is worthy to be celebrated. Um, and they had to be obedient. We have to be obedient. Only obedience to Christ can get us to this joy that he is calling us to live in. Right? Um, Paul tells us to think about what is true, what is noble, what is good, and all of these things and it follows that we'll have joy when we think of these things. Um, but I don't know about you, but that's not my nature. We were talking about earlier, it's not our nature to just be shouting hallelujah all the time. My nature is to find something to complain about because that's easier, right? <laughs> my nature is to dwell on annoyances in life. My nature is to dwell on things that that don't lift me up, right? Um And that's why this is part of the discipline, right? That's why celebration is a discipline. It's not something that, you know, it's not just, well, every year on my birthday, I celebrate and that's as good as it gets, right? That's, you know, it's not, we're not waiting for celebration. I know I get caught up and I keep waiting for the next time that I can celebrate because I need that dose of joy that it gives me. But that's not what God calls us to do, right? God calls us to celebrate every week, minimum, right? Um. And so this is only going to come when we can walk forward in obedience. We have to make the decision to set our thoughts on these good things. Um, We have to make the decision to lean into the spiritual disciplines. And curiously, this is true of only a few things. Have you ever been around someone that was just full of joy and you found yourself feeling better when you walked away? Joy begets joy right? Celebration begets celebration.
1: Um,
0: and that's what scripture means when it says um, we'll be transformed by re- the renewing of our minds, right? When we when we make the choice to lean in, we, when we make the choice to lean into what God has for us, that's going to naturally beget joy. And that's going to naturally beget the fruits of the Spirit and the good things that Paul is calling us to, to think on and to live on, um, and so when things aren't going our way, when the doctor's report comes back, um, and it's not what you hoped for, when your bank account dips below minimum, when, um, when these things happen, it feels more natural to shake a clenched fist at the Lord. Right? And I know I've done that, I've done that recently. Right? That's not necessarily um, sinful in and of itself. Right? But this is why celebration is so crucial. Um, celebration. We just went through everything that the Lord called the Israelites to celebrate, right? The very act of celebration, it anchors us. Um, And that's part of, I love holidays and decorating and all of these things, right? I have a a lean for the cheesy and for, I mean, Shelly, I'm glad that you're here. Um, Our favorite kind of cake is funfetti because it's happy. Okay. That's why I like it. It tastes like happiness. See, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm a holiday person because part of it, I I get caught up in waiting for the next time I can celebrate, right? What's my excuse today? What's my excuse to go do something silly and fun, right? Um, But I don't have to do that. I don't have to wait for the next silly thing, right? Um, The act of celebration anchors us into the story of God, It anchors us into this deeper story, one that precedes any of the hardship that we're feeling, any of the pain that we're feeling. It precedes all of that. Um, It it anchors us in the story that goes back to the garden when the Lord formed us from dust and called us into loving relationships with him and with each other. It goes back to when Jesus took on flesh and all of the sin and all of the brokenness. that we can enjoy fellowship with him. It goes back to the story of God's people on earth, right? Celebration anchors us in this story of how God interacts with us. Um, And eventually, you know, we know that the kingdom of God is already, but it's not yet, right? And when we celebrate, we participate in the already part of the kingdom of God, right? We, We know that, the church is the kingdom of God here on earth, right? And we participate in that and we celebrate in that. And we also know that the celebration waiting for is still to come. Um, The ultimate wedding feast, that ultimate um, party in heaven when the bride of Christ is reunited, right? Um, Celebration from Genesis to Revelation is part of the bedrock of what God is calling us to. So all this to say, because this is a corporate discipline, this isn't something that you just, I mean, you can, but it's not as fun. Not something that you can do just alone. Um, we're going to celebrate together tonight. And no, I don't have cake. I didn't have time, and I'm sorry. But I brought you breakfast for dinner. I'll take credit, even though I didn't make it. Um, but we're going to celebrate together, and hopefully this is this helps us free us up from, you know, not that, you know, the normal ways that we celebrate are meaningless, but we can find celebration in so many other things. Um, and so I want to just, popcorn, if you would name something that you're celebrating right now, especially in light of what we've talked about tonight, name something that you are celebrating right now. And when you do, we're all going to hoop and holler because we're celebrating with you. Okay. Yeah, you did. Woohoo! <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's awesome. There you go. <laughs> what else are we celebrating? It can be small things, it can be big things. What are you celebrating? Because we want to celebrate with you, because this is a corporate action. What are you celebrating? Yeah, you did. Also, I want to say this. (laughs) This group is so good at this naturally, but I almost felt like, man, do we even need to have this conversation? This group is so celebratory. You, You do this in relationship with each other all the time. Amanda, you posted in a group text and like five different people were like, yeah, you got a new job, right? That's we do this for each other all the time. And that's y'all. That's the fabric of this group is that you're good at this. And so I love that. Sometimes it's like pulling teeth. (laughs) Okay. What else are you celebrating? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's time to come together. <laughs> Y'all, we can say we know a published author. That's amazing, Alex. That's huge. Yeah, do like a. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's okay. What else are we celebrating? <laughs> Maybe those will get published. <laughs> you found a doctor. that's a that's huge. Woohoo. Remember
1: And your laughter too We gonna celebrate and party with you.: Yeah.
0: Oh gosh <laughs> That's awesome. That's really huge. That's good. You yeah, because you have to find someone you can trust and someone that Yeah, that's awesome. That's exciting. What else? There you go. Go for it. Sure. Come on up here. (laughs) Speech. That's beautiful. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. That's an amazing talent. That is not one that I possess. That's awesome. That is so cool. What else are we celebrating? That's
1: awesome. That's awesome. That's good. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> do I don't know if sometimes it feels cheesy
0: to, yay, like clap after these things, but not because they're unimportant, right? It's because sometimes we feel uncomfortable celebrating because we're so drawn into this kind of lie that we have to be serious all the time, that we have to be, you know, some sort of way to be taken seriously. And that's just not true. The Lord doesn't call us to that. Okay, so we, I'm having you do this kind of slightly cheesy act of celebrating with each other because I want this to be a more natural expression of, of this community and of our relationship with Christ.
1: Right?
0: What else are we celebrating? You got today off? Oh, that's amazing.
1: That's awesome. And it's a <laughs> celebration.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes. Ooh, that you're giving that is Oh my gosh.
1: A dedication well,
0: to last throughout the year. Just kidding everyone this was all for Lauren's birthday. <laughs> but I didn't realize. <laughs> That's amazing. Happy birthday. So we're also celebrating you. <laughs> No, that's what birthdays are for. That's amazing. That's awesome. And I'm glad that you chose to do that for yourself. That is, yeah. Yeah, that's not easy. Anything else? What else are we celebrating? Does it feel kind of good to, even if they're small things, to hear these things from one another, right? To hear positive things from one another that we can celebrate. It's, We've we've talked a lot about the the practice of lament and of of lamenting together, but um, and that is so important. And I think equally important is the practice of celebrating together. Right? We can't have one without the other. Um, it's like walking this tightrope. Right? Those are both so important. Um, and I know this is just uh, something I was thinking about today. Um, We as a church family and as a church body, um, I've heard Chris talk about this several times, not as like, I want to throw more parties at the church, right? But um, Chris weekly in our staff discipleship time is saying, man, how can we celebrate when someone new comes to Christ? How can we celebrate when someone new gets baptized? Or even, even, how can we celebrate when one of our church members shares the gospel with somebody? Right? Because we're probably not doing that like we ought to, or as often as we ought to, right, so he's trying to find and he's he and I have had conversations about how do we make baptism a bigger celebration? How do we make um, these things that kind of seem regular, that seem um, not mundane but seem um, commonplace? How do we give them their due when it comes to celebration? Um, so I know Chris is thinking about this. this is something that we as a church are trying to lean into. Um, yeah, any other any other things you're celebrating? Any other thoughts? Any other anything else for tonight?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, see, I would be like overjoyed. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so sweet. That's
1: awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. Anybody else have any thoughts or any any last things before we wrap up tonight? Oh. I forgot. Sorry. From Sly. Oh, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. I don't think there's a bookstore in America that doesn't sell it, honestly. Um, it's been around. I think it was written in the 80s. Um, it's, it's just really good. It's really timeless. Yeah, Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline. 78. Yeah. Um, some of it you'll read and you're like, okay, you know, this was in the eighties, but it's not, um, it is really timeless for, and it's not because he's like the authority on these things or he's, you know, for some reason that he, he knows it all. Um, he bases all of this in scripture and he goes back to scripture time and time and again of just saying, This happens in scripture and throughout church history. This is how people have um, walks in their spiritual life. And so, yes, you're welcome to take this copy or um, it's very cheap on Amazon. (laughs) Yeah, uh, study guide. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And there's little questions at the back of each chapter. Um, But yeah, that's worth getting to.
1: Yeah. I remember Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: Another one, in order to celebration, should Oh, that's good. That's a good question. I say fake it till you make it, at, well, not at work anymore. <laughs> but I used to say that all the time, right? That was my, like, I'll oh, fake it till I make it. Um, No, I think, well, I think there's two ways to answer that. I think, no, because it's not just putting on a cheery demeanor and it's not saying, I'm going to be happy and just kind of willing it into existence, right? Um, And that's not to say that, you know, if you've experienced depression, if you've experienced some of these things, you know, that doesn't um, cut you off from this joy and this kind of celebration, that the Lord is calling us to. Um, no, I think it it comes from spending time with Jesus. That and only that. And um, so, no, I don't think it's fake until it you make it. And no, it's not. You're not a good Christian if you don't constantly feel joy. And no, it's not. Um, if you don't do this perfectly all the time, then you're falling short. Again, this, the disciplines are not to give you another um, target or another line to cross or another um, thing to shoot for. They're just they're a means to an end and the end is always to be with Jesus more and to be more like Jesus. Um, so no, it's not fake until you make it, but that would be worth investigating with somebody that you trust. Um, how could I find more joy in my spiritual life? How are you finding joy? Maybe I need to be in community more. Um, maybe I just need more, more time with the Lord where I can understand um, Scripture, where I can just spend time um, in God's presence. Um, I think that's a good thing to unpack um, in your quiet time and in your time with somebody that you trust. But um, no, the Lord's not calling us to smile till it gets stuck, right, or to, to fake it. But that's a good question. but yeah are, are there any other thoughts on that though Megan
1: yeah yeah
0: That's good. I'm sorry that you were taught that. That if you don't feel, that shouldn't have been taught to you. That shouldn't have happened to you. But I think that's really important that you said that, right? It's not a feeling. It is not um, just, it's not an emotion. Um, Yeah. It's something that we know. It's something that we can act on. Right. Yeah. That's good. Anybody else? Yes, I was. Uh Uh-huh yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. no, that's
0: good. Yeah, Ecclesiastes says there's a time for mourning and a time for dancing.
1: Right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. Yeah. 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 mm-hmm yeah. yeah 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 that's really
0: good that's really good yeah um,
1: Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it changes your world. Yeah. It changes your worldview. Mm -hmm. And Megan, I think I'm glad that you brought that up. I think my most, and this is because the Lord is kind and he knows me, right? The, The moments where I have heard God's voice the loudest, the moments where I have said, I know exactly what God is calling me to do clearer than anything before has been moments where there was very, and because the Lord knows that this is what I need and this is how I work. There was no emotion attached to those things. There were times where it felt like everything washed away. I wasn't jumping for joy. I wasn't crying. And not that those things never happened, but the Lord spoke to me so clearly and it's almost always and just like a, okay. You know, that's, and so emotion isn't attached to all of this, but it can be, right? But I think you're really smart to point out that, um, yeah, it's, it's more than, it's more than I'll just, you know, wait to be happy or it's more than, you know, I have to feel a certain way all the time. It's a, it's a truth that we can lean into and increasingly. So yeah, Amanda.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: were you in Leviticus? <laughs> were you in the book of Leviticus or something? Maybe <laughs> not that there's not joy there. <laughs> it was it was the Shamgar passage. <laughs> No, that's really good, Amanda, because they're not just words on a page, right? They're spiritual. Um, So, yeah. So they can bring about joy where there is no joy. That's good. Yeah. Anything else, Brian? (laughs)
1: <laughs> With a party people not awesome. Living great, That's the only way. So tonight. Gotta leave the night Seriously, everybody. <laughs> uh thank you for being here. And wasn't this amazing? Megan, this was great. This was just very awesome, and I am super thankful for you. I really am. Uh, You and Blaze have have made us come off the wall. Um, So this is great. Uh, Pray around tables with one another before we leave tonight, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody.